In memory of David Warner and Bernard Cribbins. Wonderful chaps, both of them. The Red Cornish Ranger presents Nerds Through Comics. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Doctor Who, Assimilation Squared. Chapter One. Delta Four in the United Federation of Planets, Stardates 456-35.2. A peaceful world until a dark shadow descended upon the planet. Thousands of artificial life forms began appearing in the city streets, followed by explosions and destruction on a massive scale. Run! It's the ball! The Bureau of Cybernetic Weapons and Park Decaying Humanoid Partnership were accompanied by a second cybernetic menacing creature covered in silver metal. What are you doing? Let me go! We have to get you to safety, Prime Minister. We need to get her to the Secure Command Center, now! As quickly as possible, the guards got the Prime Minister into the transport. As they did, the two invaders advanced on the transporter room as one of the guards shouted, Energize! As the Prime Minister dematerialized, the two intruders entered the transport room. Those that remained defended their Prime Minister to the end. The Prime Minister materialized in a secure command center. Hold your fire. It's the Prime Minister. Report what's going on, Jason. It's a full invasion by the Borg, Prime Minister. They have targeted our largest cities first. They are now systematically destroying all of our command and control apparatus. Oh, words cannot describe. On the view screen, explosions and destruction is all that could be seen. Where, where the hell is Starfleet? Our full task force is on the way to Delta, Prime Minister. The Potenkim and the Lassitia are engaging the Borg now, but... As the captain spoke, one of the monitors showed a ship exploding. The Lassitia, sir. I see it. I don't understand. Every other time we have encountered the Borg, they have called for our surrender before an attack. But this time... A surprise attack of unprecedented ferocity? It's unusual. It also looks like the Borg aren't alone. They are accompanied by another type of cyborg. Something we haven't seen before. Look, those aren't Borg. On the monitor, another silver menace appeared. A cyberman, a humanoid encased entirely in metal, with no emotion and only one drive to make everyone else like them. Prime Minister, fully half of Delta has already been overrun. This will be over in a matter of hours. The task force will not be here in time. Even the underground command center could be compromised at any moment. I hear you, Jason. Order a full planetary evacuation. Prime Minister, surely we can repel this. As he said this, a green shimmer appeared as several humanoids transported in. Some of them were part machine, part decaying flesh. The others were completely covered in silver metal. 
the Cybermen and the Borg had arrived. Too late! They have found us! Get her out of here! We'll hold them off! Several of the Borg began assimilating those that were in the room as the Cybermen just stood and watched, no emotion on their metal face. Resistance is futile. The hangar bay isn't far. Move! The three Starfleet officers protected the Prime Minister, making their way to the hangar bay, where a runabout-class vessel was waiting. They took off, enjoying the evacuation fleet in orbit, as the planet was ravaged by the menacing Alliance. The task force will arrive soon, Prime Minister. Your home will be yours again. I appreciate the sentiment, Captain, but what will be left? Ranger and said of my own just I, no I'm gonna say it said of my own free will if you're enjoying what you're listening to then why not check out the other podcasts on the Zero to Hero Network such as Storytime with Cosplay Dude 637 Fairy Tale the Audio Drama Baker Ranger Movie Talks and the exceptionally brilliant and no one's going to believe this. You do know that. Okay, fine, fine. Just stop poking me with that. The exceptionally intelligent Billy and his sidekick Jim on the Zero to Hero podcast. Also, if you would like intelligent and mind-blowing conversation, then join the dis. No one's going to believe... Alright, alright! I'll say it! Join the Discord for all the fun and intelligent conversation you can possibly get. Now back to our scheduled programme. Intelligent... Seriously, what were you thinking? No! Earth, ancient Egypt. I can't look. Amelia, Amy Pond, the girl who waited. Oh, chin up, Pond. It'll be fine. Go on, enjoy the view. The doctor, wanderer, time traveler, madman with a box. Fine, this is clearly some new definition of fine that I, I was previously unaware of. As Amy opened her eyes, she saw that they were still being chased by the Egyptian gods, and wondering how the Doctor got them into this situation in the first place. Isn't that better? Always important to know where you've been in life, Pond. That's what I always say. This is not better. Maybe less screaming. Trying to concentrate up here, thank you. Haven't had to do this in about 2,000 years. Rory Williams, husband to Amy, nurse, and occasional Roman soldier. Yes, absolutely, by all means, eyes on the road, Rory. These 
chariots can be incredibly hazardous. Why, I've seen limbs ripped right off. The doctor had a face of a young man, but the wisdom of an ancient being, he looked very proud of himself. So, any ideas then? Are we just going to reminisce about our favorite gruesome accidents? Well, no one has a favorite, Rory. Still, some are more memorable than others, but that's neither here nor there. As the chariot sped along, a grocery stand came into view. Yes, that should do nicely. Hello there, lovely stall, just borrowing this. As the doctor said this, he grabbed hold of the stall and pulled, causing the stand to collapse and spread across the road, blocking their pursuers. I'm afraid we have an appointment to keep with the pharaoh. We'll come back and play again later. Sure, because this is definitely playing. This means it should be fun. Right? Well, don't look too pleased with yourself. I don't know. That was fairly impressive. The doctor said with his usual childish grin. I think it might actually require all three of us to be properly impressed enough to handle it. Where to now, then? Or are there some other places around here where you'd like to try to get us killed? Rory said sarcastically as the doctor pointed. Only one more, Rory. That way. The Pharaoh's Palace. The three travelers snuck in searching for the throne room. Now, this calls for a certain degree of sneakiness. Fortunately, I'm good at sneaky, so I don't expect a problem. The sonic screwdriver should lead us right to him. The doctor pulled a device from his pocket, pressed a button, and it began to whistle very loudly. Yeah, sure. Sneaky, he says. No problem. I can handle that. Rory leaned against a vase, which over and crashed to the floor. Um, right. Sorry. Rory said, laying in a heap surrounded by the broken vase. The doctor and Amy help him up. On your feet, soldier. Okay, not sneaky. Forget sneaky. So let's try making friends. As he said this, five guards approached them. Hello. What are you doing here? I just need to have a look at this, if you don't mind. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. The doctor climbed up a tapestry and pulled out his sonic screwdriver. Doctor, where are you going? Get down from there. Look out below, Pons. He said as he waved the screwdriver over the rings holding the tapestry to the wall. Geronimo! The tapestry landed on all the guards. Really shouldn't have worked. You think? They then hurried up the stairs before the gods could get out from under the tapestry. Here we are. Final stop. Just need to get in to see the man in charge. And we'll be on our way before you know it. Yes, but how? Amy said as they approached the throne room. Two gods standing outside. Leave that to me. Rory. Your husband knows what he's doing, Amelia. Let him be. The doctor said, comforting Amy. The doctor was right. Rory, although now human in another life, was the last centurion, a brave plastic man who protected the woman he loved. I should think he'd be able to bluff his way into intimidating a couple of foil-wrapped security guards into going for a stroll. With some words to the guards, they walked off leaving the way free. He did it! See? What did I tell you? Rory Pond, full of surprises. The Doctor, Amy, and Rory enter the throne room. 
Two men were there, one bold, holding a staff, the other sat on a throne. Hello, Pharaoh. Absolutely love the place. Very dramatic, very big. Always been fond of big. How did you get in here? Who allowed these strangers in my presence? A thousand apologies, mighty one. These outlanders have clearly gone mad from the desert heat. I shall dispatch of them at once. We'll just have to see who gets dispatched around here. The doctor said in his cheeky voice as he pointed to the pharaoh. You, over there, in the big chair, I assume you're in charge. The man in charge always has the biggest chair. If you want to save your kingdom, and I'm guessing you probably do, I'd pay attention. Preposterous! Who are you? I'm the doctor. As he said this, the doctor's expression changed, and he looked older and more serious. Doctor! Who? Just the doctor. Although, your race knows my people by name. Time Lord. At these words, a chill swept through the room, and the vizier dropped all pretense. No, you're all dead! Almost, not quite. So I'm giving you one chance, here and now. Run. Run, and don't stop running. At these words, the vizier threw the pharaoh across the room. <sighs> Never! He shouted and transformed into a monstrous alien creature. I'm sick of pretending these toads are my betters. I'm unstoppable! I warned you. Doctor, he's getting really big. The doctor pulled a green crystal out. This must have fallen to earth, not far from where you did. We homed in on it when we arrived. Such a clever thing, this interdimensional personal cell and interstellar delivery service, all at once. Where were you heading, anyway? To the Atraxi? A shadow proclamation facility? No, most likely the Venzaidi detention complex, if I had to bet on it. The doctor pointed the crystal at the alien and pulled him inside, trapping Nothing for it. Time for you to be on your way. The doctor passed the crystal to Rory and walked over to the pharaoh. Here, hold this. Um, okay? Now then, your royal pharaohness, on your feet. Nothing to worry about anymore. I'm afraid your vizier was actually an escaped alien criminal. Landed here decades ago, just biding his time. You know, he was going to harness the kinetic energy from the Nile to fire up a tachyon phase inverter. Would have ignited the atmosphere, torched half the planet. Now, I'm going to need a favour. We seem to have misplaced our ship. I don't suppose you've seen a big blue box anywhere in the vicinity? Later in the TARDIS, a Type 40 capsule the Doctor borrowed from his home planet. After all that, I think we need to go somewhere cool and foggy. Foggy is good, good for the pores. Earth foggy, or far off planet where we undoubtedly be drawn into the tr trouble foggy? By the way, Doctor, here's your glowing green thing back. As the doctor took the crystal from Rory, a vision of silver metal, decaying flesh, and black machine parts flashed across the doctor's mind. 
The TARDIS lurched around the point. Whoa! Hold on! We're almost there! TARDIS materialized on a street corner, rolling in the reason as it appeared. A blue 1960s London police box. Amy and Rory stepped out first, followed by the Doctor. Amy and Rory dressed in 1940s clothes, the Doctor still in his tweed coat and bow tie, the same thing this incarnation always wore. So where are we? Wherever it is, I have to admit, I do like the fashion. Burr, it's chilly out here. Of course it's a little chilly. This is San Francisco, California. As my friend Mr. Clements once said, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. 1941, just before the United States entered the Second World War, a city of glamour and mystery, and a little rough and tumble too. So, watch your step. Is this where you were planning on taking us? That landed felt rough than usual. The doctor looked strained and a little unfocused as they walked down the street. Oh, that was nothing to worry about, I don't think. And this was precisely where I meant to go. It's San Francisco, Amy. Don't you want to dine on seafood while overlooking the grandeur of the Pacific Ocean? Fine, so what else can we expect? Doctor, are you alright? Again the doctor looked unfocused as they passed Tom's Bakery on 4th Street. Fine, Rory. Better than fine. Just a little dimensional feedback. Haven't you read any detective stories, Amy? Seen any films noir? San Francisco in the 1940s was a bubbling cauldron of capers and investigations. Why, we're bound to run into something unusual here. The Doctor, Rory and Amy entered a bar at the far end stood three people. One bearded black-haired man, a red-haired woman... And something unusual, like the android in a pinstriped suit. The Doctor was played by Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger. Rory Williams, Cosplay Dude 637. Amy Pond, Rachel. Prime Minister, Nick. Vulcan Admiral and the Vizier, V. Pharaoh, Ghost Galaxy Cosplay Starfleet Officer and Guards A-Crown 39 The narrator was Ben the Baker Ranger All other parts played by members of the cast <laughs>